My name is Melissa Gearing and I am The Naked Naturopath. Thanks for listening in. Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of The Naked Naturopath. You may have recently realized that we have gone from a weekly podcast to a fortnightly podcast. Um, This is purely because I cannot keep up with podcasting. (laughs) So I hope you don't mind and I hope it doesn't impact too much on your uh, listening in. Um, But we'll try and make those uh, fortnightly podcasts just as great as the weekly podcasts. You may also notice that I'm a bit um, sick today, (laughs) slightly under the weather, so my voice is a little bit croaky, my nose is a bit blocked. Um, It's that end of summer cold that has been going around. I see a lot of sick people and I I thought I was fighting it off really well. I'm still feeling okay, but yeah, it's it's come out in my voice, so I apologize for the nasaliness of me today. So a couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast with the quirky cooking guys um, and their podcast is called a quirky journey if you haven't had a squeeze at it check it out because um, they do some really cool podcasts and I was um, yeah very fortunate to be interviewed by them and um, really really enjoyed it thoroughly enjoyed it because for me you know a lot of the time I'm sitting at home and I think what do people want to know about and I just start chatting about um, you know things that are common in my world and in my industry but I forget that that's very far removed from the general public I mean even when I met my husband he didn't know what a herbalist or a naturopath was and I think that the the general public is definitely um, in that realm so it was really great to have them ask me some questions that I had no idea that people were interested in one of the things that they asked me about was um, what kind of herbs I have in the dispensary and what are the most common herbs. So I thought I would just take some time today to talk to you about that because um, you know there was a lot of interest generated uh, based on that and I, I didn't even realize that people were interested in, in what herbs I'm using. I mean, when, when a client comes to see me, I always go through the herbs that I'm going to put in their mix for them. I think that it's really important that every single person has uh, autonomy over their health, but also as much knowledge as possible. So one of the things that I did, which, um, you know, not many herbalists do, was when I got my labels printed up to put on the herb bottles, I created a space that said, um, that says, you know, your herbs or your herbs in this mix. And every single time I make a mix for someone, I write the herbs on there. This uh, caused a little bit of controversy because a lot of herbalists, um, you know, they they don't do this because of the Google issue. So what happens is, you know, people jump onto Google and they start Googling their herbs. And as we all know, as educated human beings, Google can um, give you lots of false information Um, as well as lots of correct information but there's a lot of opinions out there and literally anyone can post online about you know what licorice does for example Um, and so you know some people um, some herbalists found that people were googling their herbs and they were having you know anxiety around what the herbalists had put in there for me I think that um, this comes down to a few things it comes down to trust in your practitioner so um 
I rarely have this happen and I think it's because I go through the herbs whilst people are sitting with me and I tell them why I'm putting them in there and what it's going to do for them. So they already have an idea. So, you know, they're not Googling um, willy-nilly, not having any idea of the base for the reasoning of, of that medicine. And, you know, the other thing is, um, yeah, look, I, I think that, people are going to worry and they're going to stress but um they also have might have an idea of what a certain herb does so i'll use saint john's wort for example because it is definitely picked on a lot in in the general public and by the medical community uh, it's contraindicated with nearly every single pharmaceutical on the market now including the pill so you know, when I um, when I put it in someone's mix, I will always tell them why I'm putting it in there. And, oh, the other thing with St. John's Water is it's pigeonholed for depression, but it does so much more than depression. And, you know, some people might see that it's in their mix and, and get a bit anxious that uh, they are not depressed or they do not have depression or they don't identify with that word or that, um, you know, that diagnosis. And, one of the big things about being a herbalist is we do we do not diagnose we we treat the symptoms that are presented and i think you know yeah like i said st john's wort is so versatile so it will be the first herb that i'll talk to you about actually because you know i've brought it up now and it's something that i order in these huge tubs because i just go through so much of it and i take it myself um because i just i love it i find for me, I always learned herbs in a very, I'd say a tactile way and a very visual way. So for me, when I look at St. John's Wort, I see it literally straightening up the wavy lines or the fuzzy lines in your mind and sharpening your thoughts. And that's why it works so well for depression and that's why it works so well for anxiety. But it also just works for busy people you know when you're just bloody busy and you've got a lot on your plate and you know we're running around in circles trying to get everything done we've got to get the kids to school we've got to get to work we've got a big presentation we've we've um you know uh got a big meeting there's a, uh, a speech you know that we've got to do um it could be anything it could just be that the house is a wreck and you're feeling a bit overwhelmed by it all <laughs> which I know I can get like that. Um, I just find St. John's Wort takes the edge off and and um, doesn't take away any of your clarity. It actually increases your clarity and just gives you, yeah, it gives you some sharpening of the mind is how I always kind of picture it and describe it. And it's one of my favorite herbs to use. The other thing about St. John's Wort is it's antiviral. So um, for me right now, taking it has a two-pronged effect because I, obviously I've got some kind of bug and, um, you know, I'm taking some other stuff as well. But St. John's Wort's uh, going to keep any viruses at bay, um, especially if you have, uh, you know, a virus that kind of lives forever herpes virus or a glandular fever and every time you get run down that comes up for you st john's what's perfect it's actually um highly indicated for shingles as well uh because of the effect that it has on uh the nerves in in that disease state so it's very versatile um it can be used for many many different things and it's a very safe herb um 
hopefully I don't cop any backlash for that, but it is a very safe herb. The key to St. John's wort is that it has to be good quality and it has to be prescribed at the appropriate dose for you. So when I talk about herbs, I am not talking about things that you can go to the health food shop and buy off the shelf. Yes, some of that is very good quality. I spent many, many years selling it and recommending it and managing health food and I have a great respect for it, but I am a big believer that uh, the best type of medicine is created for you, for every single individual, um, you know, on the basis of of that person's symptoms and what's going on for them at that time. Um, I'm not a big fan of self-prescription. I don't even prescribe myself my own herbs. I, I see other practitioners for that. And after being in health food so long, I watched so many people uh, just continue to buy and and waste so much money on multiple supplements with nothing specific to them. So, sure, go and grab some echinacea off the shelf, you know, if you're feeling a bit sick or whatever it might be. Um, but for ongoing treatment and, you know, if you want to kick some goals with your health, then I, you know, I'm a huge believer in individual prescription um, and that's what we're here for that's what we study for that's what we work our butts off for to be able to do that for you so the next herb that I thought I'd talk about is marshmallow because I'm releasing my new book um, in April and I've been you know frantically kind of putting the recipes together and we had the photo shoot last Sunday and one of my recipes is homemade marshmallows and um, you know I love homemade marshmallows because they have roots in traditional herbal medicine. Herbalists used to make marshmallows for with marshmallow uh, tincture for sore throats um, and you know uh, gut issues and bowel issues because what marshmallow does is it it's a demulcent uh, we call it a demulcent, but it literally just goes through and it coats all the mucous membranes. And again, you know, for me, I, I'm even moving my hands as I speak to you, the podcast, um, <laughs> who cannot see me. It it goes from the mouth, those all of those wet mucous membranes, all the way down the throat, uh, the esophagus, into the gut, and follows that tract all the way along throughout the bowels and um, you know, into the, the rectum and it protects all of those mucous membranes that are so important for our immunity and our, you know, our gut health and, um, you know, that all of that wetness is protective. So when we get a sore throat, you know, often it's quite dry and that's because a lot of the, the mucous membranes, all of that coating has been broken down and that's how the bug has lodged itself you know and um and is living <laughs> pretty much so if we can provide a coat for that then it's obviously going to assist in um making sure that bug can't stick and um yeah making our throat feel a hell of a lot better as well the other thing it's really good for is um ulcers you know ulcers in the gut diverticulitis which is the pockets um, that you can get in your bowel it kind of coats all of that and prevents um, well allows it to heal for starters so you know by putting almost by putting glad wrap over it where we're protecting it so it gets a chance to heal um, 
back to my marshmallows. So we, you know, we would actually use um, either a marshmallow tea probably originally. We would brew up some marshmallow root and, you know, put it into um, a, you know, confectionery, almost like a confectionery form for children in particular. It's really great um, if they're feeling unwell. And now marshmallows kind of been turned into this corn syrup, wheat, um, an egg white mix that has no representation of the original um, beautiful <laughs> thing that it used to be. And it's the same with licorice candy, you know, licorice doesn't actually contain any licorice anymore. Uh, we're lucky if we get some true aniseed flavor in it. But licorice also, you know, used to be um, a true licorice used to go into the candy as well. So when I make my homemade marshmallows, it's, it is literally water, honey, some marshmallow tincture if you have some or if you can get some or otherwise you go to the health food shop, buy some marshmallow tea and just brew it up and use that as your water um, and gelatin. And obviously gelatin, a big part of my new book, it's gut healing. Gelatin is full of amino acids and what it does is it literally brings the, the tight junctions in the gut back together so that you your gut isn't leaky and that's a term really you know hugely thrown around now leaky gut this leaky gut that but I, I think everyone has a bit of leaky gut and I don't think it's um an isolated you know uh term or symptom on its own I think that there's lots of other stuff going on with leaky gut because uh, I often have people present and and you know they're like oh I'm here because I have leaky gut Yep, we probably all have leaky gut. What else is going on? Why do you think that? What other symptoms do you have? But gelatin is fantastic. Um, super, super nutritious and will help to bring those junctions back together and heal um, recovery of any muscle in the body really because of the amino acids. So it's some really good stuff. So um, marsh yeah, homemade marshmallows, super, super easy. What I might do is um, if you're not on my Facebook jump on it's mg herbs and follow follow the page and um we will start putting up some photos of the new book before it's released in april it's on pre-order at the moment so you can jump onto the website www.mgherbs.com and pre-order your copy for a bit cheaper than it will sell once it's in um and that's us just saying thank you for helping us to get that order through as self-publishing and um yeah, I'll pop a photo of the marshmallows up because they're incredibly easy. The kids will love them and you can put whatever flavoring you want. So I made berry ones for the book, but you can make vanilla, peppermint, orange, um, you know, and you can definitely put that true marshmallow in it to have a uh, demulcent effect, you know, for the mucous membranes. Um, it's got the gelatin in there already, but you can also put a couple of tablespoons of broth and it's a really good way to hide broth from for the kids to get it into them as well. So marshmallow is a medicine that I use nearly every day in the clinic for all of those things we've talked about. Um, and it's just perfect for anyone with food intolerances or gut issues, celiac, Crohn's, any, any kind of, um, yeah, dysbiosis or um peptic also those kind of things so really really nice herb the um coming off the back of that i mentioned licorice so licorice is something that i definitely use every day i was actually we've been working out in the gym lately it's been quite difficult for me to breathe because of the 
amount of mucus in my nose. <laughs> so what I've been doing is just sipping on some licorice water. And all I do is put a tiny bit of my licorice tincture into some water and sip on it. It's black, so some people think it's Coke, which is hilarious. You know, they kind of come up and they're like, what have you got? Have you got, you know, Coke or Coca-Cola? And I'm like, no, 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 it's licorice. Um, but it's incredibly soothing and it actually has dual purpose because it works like marshmallow for all those mucous membranes. Fantastic. But it's also an adaptogen. And um, herbs that are adaptogens are ones that people have probably heard of all of your ginsengs, withania, rhodiola, all of those, you know, beautiful herbs that help us to gain energy. So people know those herbs, you know, because they might buy them off the shelf as a pre-workout or when they're feeling really run down and tired. So to have licorice before a workout is perfect because it's soothing my throat, it's helping me to breathe better, but it's also providing a little bit of a pre-workout with that adaptogenic uh, property, um, helping me to use my energy more efficiently and more effectively and um, helping me to stress less. And it, it brings, it actually, licorice is one of the herbs that actually brings your cortisol down, which is your major stress hormone. So um, yeah, it's it's a very much an all-rounder in terms of herbal medicine. And, you know, when we look at uh, creating a dispensary, we're really looking for some herbs that are versatile and, you know, if I put licorice in, I want it to do a couple of things for you, not just one, but I want it to do um, two, three, maybe even four things for you, um, you know, hit a few symptoms on the head. Usually in a herb mix, we'll put between anywhere between three and seven herbs. So we really want them, and that's out of hundreds. So we really want those herbs to, you know, um, kill a few birds with the one stone, if you like. Um, and licorice definitely does that. So the other herb that I use all all the time is one that you may or may not have heard of. Um, and it's, again, it's a bit of an all-rounder. Some people refer to it as ashwagandha, um, Indian ginseng, or we call it withania in Western herbal medicine. And withania... I love it because it is it has an affinity to females and you know most of my clients are female. I see a handful of males and I love them, but mostly I see I see females and um I think that's for many different reasons. Obviously I'm a female so females feel comfortable with me, but also you know we us girls, we tend to go and get stuff fixed, whereas um, men, maybe they don't, they're not so quick to uh, practice preventative medicine or, or they're just getting around and they're super healthy and they don't need me and that's great. <laughs> but withania has an affinity for females. Um, it's an adaptogen like licorice and it's got a natural source of iron in it. So a lot of our herbs um, they have all of these beautiful actions and properties, but then they're also nutritive. And what I mean by nutritive is they provide nutrients of some kind um, to the body. So they're a food source of, uh, withania, for example, is iron. Um, and again, this serves women really well because we, we do lose a lot of iron when we have our bleeds. Um, and a lot of women are iron deficient. So this just props that iron up. It's, you know, it's not, um, it's not like an iron supplement. It doesn't have 24 milligrams of heavy metal iron in it. 
but I find that food sources of iron in particular tend to work better because your body can take more from it. Whereas when we put a heavy metal in the body, um, it, you know, it puts pressure on the liver and it's it's difficult for the body to get what it needs out of that to break it down and utilize it. So I'm always looking for food sources um, of nutrients. And we have a bunch of different herbs that do that. Rose hips is another one. Um, it's a very old-fashioned herb, but we continue to use it because it is jam-packed full of vitamin C. And vitamin C is the number one nutrient that your adrenals use. And your adrenals are these tiny little guys, these tiny little walnut kind of size guys that control, um, that respond to every single stress that comes into your life. So they have a huge job and they chew through vitamin C. So if you're stressed, you know, you probably need vitamin C. And when we're low in vitamin C, um, our immune system doesn't function very well. And obviously we, we, uh, don't have the capacity to cope with stress as well. So rose hips is a really beautiful nutritive herb. Um, and I love it. And sometimes I just put a splash in everybody's mix, especially in winter. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's really, really nice. Um, if you are loving this and want me to keep talking about herbs, I'd be more than happy to do another podcast on it. And also, if you have a herb that you're really interested in and you want me to talk about it, I'd love to do that. So email me, info at mgherbs.com.au or hit us up on the website, which I've already given you, because I don't want to keep waffling about herbs because it could be something that, again, I'm really interested in. You're just going, what is she talking about? Um, you may prefer it if I talk about conditions or if I keep talking about lifestyle stuff, which is probably the majority of what I've done so far on the podcast. So um, let me know what you want and I will talk about it for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening to some herbal rant and um, I really hope you enjoyed it and I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.